Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. show podcast presented now by belly up sports so belly up sports now the official sponsor the o show or not the official sponsor the official affiliate of the o show podcast be bold stand out i am your host jack o'hara episode 53 gonna talk a little mma because it turns out conor mcgregor is gonna retire for the second time in his career announcing his retirement um yesterday on Twitter, uh, formally announcing his retirement from MMA, just saying, hey guys, quick announcement, I've decided to retire from the sport formerly known as mixed martial art today. I wish all my old colleagues well going forward in competition. I now join my former partners on this venture already in retirement. And uh, basically, you know, just his same old proper 12 schick. And uh, it's quite ironic because the announcement literally came just hours after a segment on the Jimmy Fallon show, uh, both Fallon and McGregor having a conversation regarding Connor's future in MMA. And he basically said, we're in talks for July, regardless of who his opponent was, in talks for a July fight. He said to my fans, I am in shape. I am ready. Uh, there are many opponents. In reality, I can pick who I please at this point. McGregor, one of the greatest of all time. He says he's in a position now that he doesn't necessarily need to fight, of course. He's set for life. His family's set for life. Uh, they're all good. Um, here's a little piece of that interview between him and Jimmy Fallon, just so we're all aware that he did say that he's ready to fight in July before announcing his retirement today. We're waiting yeah, for you. Well, my next fight, we're in talks for July. Uh, we're in talks for July, so we'll see what happens. A lot of politics and going on. The fight game is a, is a mad game. But again, like I said, and to my fans, I am in shape and I am ready. So let's, we, let's we see know what who happens. it is yet. Or? There are many opponents. In yeah. reality, I, I I can pick who, who who I please. You know, I've done a lot. I fought a lot. I've never pulled out of contests. You know, I've gone through some crazy injuries and, and, and crazy external situations. You know that 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 many a man would sprint for the hills uh, if it happened to them but I stood firm and done my piece for the company so I'm in a position now there are a lot of like I said this whiskey is my baby I have a lot of great entities I don't necessarily need to fight I am set for life my family is set for life we are good but I, I, I am eager to fight you know so we'll see what happens I just well we saw what happened he retired literally not even 24 hours later like 12 hours later so says he's ready for a fight in July says he's never run from a fight now he's retiring And obviously, it is important that everybody keeps in mind to take this tweet with a humongous grain of salt, humongous grain of salt. Uh, He's done it before. Um, In case you are brand new to the mixed martial arts world, this isn't the first time that uh, 
Connor O'Mac here stepped away from the sport known as MMA back. I think it was April of 2016 after he lost to Nate Diaz, uh, tweeted out a similar farewell tweet. Um, saying that he decided to retire young. Thanks for the cheese. Catch you guys later. Um, again, only came a month after he lost to Nate Diaz, made him tap out at UFC 196. And as we all know, this tweet eventually meant absolutely nothing. Four months later, McGregor would run back in with Nate Diaz in a rematch at 202, uh, where he beat him in five rounds. Then he beat Eddie Alvarez at 205 in Madison Square Garden. So who's to say if there's any uh, any truth behind this tweet from Conor McGregor? Obviously, he's done it once, so why, why the hell would he not do it again? Uh, but just let me say this. Don't be surprised if Conor McGregor is being serious this time. It makes perfect sense for him to leave. He even said it in that interview. He has no reason to fight. He's set for life. Uh, one of the greatest mixed martial art combat fighters of all time. Uh, totally understandable if he leaves the gloves in the octagon now. His impact on the sport is something that will be hard for others to match with his charisma, his skill, his passion, his fight. What he does for MMA rivals is what Tiger uh, Tiger Woods does for golf. He, he said in his conversation with Fallon he doesn't have to fight anymore. Um, and honestly... This couldn't have come at a more ironic time, considering just a number of hours later, um, and one of my colleagues with Belly Up Sports was actually writing an article about uh, Conor McGregor's farewell during this uh, breaking news segment. So as he was writing this, basically, the New York Times broke the story about McGregor being uh, under investigation over a sexual assault allegation in Ireland, and the allegation could possibly be related to McGregor's sudden retirement, and it makes perfect sense. Um, and then Karen Kessler, a spokesperson for Conor McGregor, released this statement just shortly after, saying this story has been circulated for some time, and it's unclear why it's being reported now on the day that he announces his retirement. Uh, the assumption that the Conor retirement announcement today is related to this rumor is absolutely false. Should Conor fight in the future, it must be in an environment where fighters are respected for their value, their skill, their hard work, and their dedication to the sport. But it's kind of hard to believe that Conor McGregor and this allegations has nothing to do with his recent retirement, considering he was on Jimmy Fallon literally like 12 hours earlier saying that he was ready to fight in July. A huge mat or a huge fight rumored Conor McGregor and uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone at uh, the International Fight Week card on July 6th in Vegas. UFC leadership was resistant from the start. Dana White's always res- I mean, Dana White always says he he's not going to let stuff happen, and then he lets it happen anyways. That's what he does. He's a great promoter. Uh, McGregor was even sus- I think he was currently suspended for six months after the whole Khabib shenanigans at UFC. 229. It was actually funny. Right after his announcement, Khabib actually uh, sent out a tweet mocking McGregor saying that there can only be one king in the jungle. Only one. With the one emoji finger, whatever the hell you want to call it. Khabib Nurmagomedov. I think I actually got that right. Khabib Nurmagomedov is his last name. Um, There can only be one king in the jungle. And I guess it's him. He did make McGregor tap out before... Both teams went full-on Ninja Turtles on each other and just 
beat the holy shit out of each other, which was entertaining as hell, might I add. Was actually in Boston for that, made it 10 times better right after a Yankee-Red Sox playoff game. And I, I, I still laugh at it because it was basically right after the fight and they just jumped him from behind, went full on WWE in the UFC octagon, something I've been wanting to see for years. Uh, but regardless, McGregor retiring now, regardless of what's happening, uh, totally understandable, has made all the money in the world. Uh, the whiskey's going to keep him busy. But if these allegations are true, and this is what it's come to, he has to retire, he's deciding to retire due to this, I wouldn't be surprised considering nearly 12 hours prior he said he was ready for a fight in July. Um, So it's in Ireland the sexual assault allegation uh, was accused of assaulting a woman in December, was arrested the following month, for smashing a fan's cell phone on the ground, which is totally unsurprising. Totally, I see him doing that and getting arrested for that. Uh, Four uh, four people um, with the New York Times reported this, and the news came just hours after an early morning tweet in which McGregor announced his retirement. So, wasn't charged with the crime, though I guess under the standard protocol in Ireland and much of Europe, a formal charge doesn't necessarily follow an arrest, which makes um, sense because you haven't proved anything yet. It's just hearsay from here on out. Uh, but I so Conor McGregor now father of two. He had his second child in uh, January with uh, Dee Devlin, his longtime girlfriend, who's been with forever. Um, And the alleged victim told investigators that the incident occurred at the Beacon Hotel on the edge of Dublin. Now, McGregor has made millions in the octagon, uh, faced Floyd Mayweather, made over $100 million just on that fight alone. Uh, He's been at the Beacon before. He's been spotted there before numerous times, usually books uh, the only penthouse uh, suite in that hotel, um, said the New York Times. And the last most recent known visit there was in December, the month of the alleged assault. So, um, which was actually the night before police said that the alleged incident took place. So everything lines up for this to be true. Police have recovered evidence from the room uh, that McGregor stayed in, as well as security camera footage. Uh, And the allegations had previously been reported by Irish media. But McGregor was not named because of um, the laws banning reporters from identifying people charged with rape unless they are convicted. And then all of a sudden he announces his retirement after all this crap. So not surprising. Uh, The guy's been in trouble numerous times over the past year. I mean, hell, he served a six-month suspension because, uh, I mean, he actually wrapped up community service at two churches in Brooklyn for chucking a hand truck at a bus full of his rival fighters at the Barclays Center nearly a year ago, just ambushed it, basically paid off security guards to let him and a few of his buddies in, believe it or not. Uh, but his legal um, problems in the U.S. are far from over. He's facing a civil lawsuit in Florida for allegedly smashing a tourist's phone, which, again, is surprising or not surprising 
could totally see him doing that. Uh, An annoying teenager uh, with a snapback hat with his stupid AirPods in, trying to take a selfie with uh, the greatest MMA combat fighter in history, and he smashes his phone, humbles the kid, hopefully, and... uh, And I honestly hope that he smashed that phone to pieces when he dropped it on the floor. He's probably, like I said, an annoying fan in his face, uh, screaming his name, gets exactly what he got coming to him. Um, but I, he was trying to catch a, a snap picture with him, smashes his phone. The story's been circulating for some time, and it's unclear why it's being reported now. Uh, this is McGregor's representative speaking. Um Honestly, McGregor's retirement may not have anything to do with this. Either way, he's going to get in trouble if it's true. Uh, And it really doesn't matter regardless if he was going to continue to fight or not. He's still one of the richest guys ever worth $99 million according to Forbes. Um, Despite not even appearing in a UFC fight since October. And before that, it was 2016. Yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, we'll get into more about the whole Conor McGregor stuff when uh, Jared Klim from Bo- uh, Belly Up Sports, Jared Klim from Belly Up Sports, joins the show uh, tomorrow for episode fifty-four. We'll get into a lot more about all the NFL shit that's been going on because it's been crazy. M- most uh, busy off season I think I've seen ever in the NFL. Odell Beckham Jr., elite wide receiver, leaving the Giants for the Browns. Um, Le'Veon Bell, who sat out all of last year for the Steelers, joining Gang Green, though who knows how much of an impact that will be. We've seen the Jets sign guys like this before, and it has not worked out at all. A.B. to the Raiders, John Gruden's Raiders. So a lot to get into for the NFL as well. Right now I want to talk about music, though. I want to talk about The Dirt... The new Netflix original uh, on Motley Crue. Though I don't really want to get into the whole movie aspect of it yet. I'll wait till Declan rejoins us on this show. I do want to talk about what happened today. Apparently, they're getting sued, uh, facing a $1.8 million lawsuit from a crew member uh, over electrical burns that he uh, allegedly suffered on the set of the movie The Dirt. So um, this producer, uh, Louis Incenti, uh, I guess told Netflix bosses and the film producers who are running the show, um, including the band members Tommy Lee, Mick Mars, Vince Neil, Nikki Six, they're all at fault for an accident that occurred uh, when, when filming uh, at the Munch Factory restaurant in New Orleans, Louisiana last year in 2018. So according to DiVincenti, uh, he claimed that a power line shocked him, left him with a second and third degree burn covering... of his body, that's a lot. Uh, I'd love to see pictures of this guy. Forcing him to spend seven weeks um, in the Burns unit at the city's uh, university medical center. So $1.8 million in damages, including medical bills, uh, in a suit that he filed earlier this month. That's how much this guy uh, wants from Motley Crue, so <laughs> not what you want to hear after uh, releasing this new film on Netflix. Uh, the restaurant acted as a stand-in 
uh, for the Los Angeles famous uh, Whiskey A Go Go Club during the shoot. Whiskey A Go Go in uh, Hollywood, West Hollywood, California. And uh, the guys who were starring in the movie for Motley Crue, uh, Douglas Booth, uh, Machine Gun Kelly, Daniel Weber, and Henrion, uh, who was McMars, and they were filming in front of a green screen to allow uh, the venue to be digitally transformed in post-production. So Divincenti claims that he was electrocuted by a power line while handing metal pipes supporting a green screen uh, to the crew members below, and that uh, current uh, went through him, leaving burns on more than half of his body. Again, I'm going to have to see pictures of this to prove it. And I, I guess according to the newspaper, at one point, doctors gave him uh, a 2% chance of surviving his injuries. So very serious, uh, Went uh, underwent numerous surgeries, skin grafts, and had a right foot uh, amputated. So this is not good news for Motley Crue. Uh, and in his lawsuit, the crew member accuses the production team of failing to conduct a safety assessment to ensure dangerous power lines were uh, de-energized. So Netflix bosses and Motley Crue are yet to publicly comment on the lawsuit, though it would be very smart if they did very soon, $1.8 million. Um, but The Dirt did premiere on Netflix last Friday, March 22nd. Go check it out. Mixed reviews. I mean, it is Machine Gun Kelly instead of... Um, Vince O'Neill, so, or Vince Neal, geez. But it basically tells the story of uh, Motley Crue's notorious antics in the 80s and early 90s. Very good. I thought it was great. We'll see what Declan thinks when he finally decides to rejoin us on our show. Um, but moving on, quickly back to Conor McGregor. McGregor's had a lot of great moments. Uh, got to witness him live at a press conference in New York City when I was. Uh, 17 years old before the Alvarez fight, UFC 205, me and a buddy of mine actually went into the city thinking that we could get tickets for that show and uh, did not end well. This is a segment that we like to call story time here on the O Show. So basically, it was November twelfth, twenty sixteen. So senior, yeah, senior year in high school. Um, me and a buddy of mine uh, went to Madison Square Garden. Really wanted to go to UFC two hundred five. Like as soon as as it was announced in like September, because it was literally like McGregor fought three months before. He didn't think he was going to be there first. UFC event ever at Madison Square Garden in New York. Uh, it was banned for so long. They lifted the ban, and it was going to be McGregor versus Alvarez. And if McGregor won, he's the first ever dual champion history in the UFC for their most arguably their greatest fighter ever. So obviously, we wanted to be there for history, have the ticket stub, have it saved. I wanted to write about it, of course. Um, and it was going to be a stack card. You had Woodley and uh, Stephen Thompson, which turned out to be the fight of the night. Amazing fight. Ended in a draw. Um, second one, not so good. But 
uh, so we we're in New York. We take the train in, whatever. We get there. Everybody's hype. Uh, we're we're basically just waiting for ticket prices to go down because they're at like a thousand dollars. We're thinking like if they get into like the four hundred range, we might get them. Honestly, like we were that pumped about this for the three months that it was built up. So tick, we didn't really check ticket prices because we ran into a few guys. People were selling tickets, of course, scalpers. You never trust them. But at this point, like we're, we're just thinking with our hearts more than we're thinking with our brains. And we come across this one scalper on 34th Street right by uh, Models, right by Madison Square Garden in uh, Times Square. Uh, you know, Michael Jackson looking guy who has that bright red jacket, uh, basically saying, I got tic- uh, tickets. We're like, uh, I don't know if we're interested. He's thinking more logically than I am, I think, because as soon as he pulls out the ticket stubs, because he had, usually it's just like digital or something like he pulls out the stubs. I'm like, oh man, he's got stubs. We got to take these. And, uh, <laughs> he's like, I don't know. I mean, if you want, they re- they look real. Um, so we bought them. Uh, I think I spent like 175 bucks. He spent around 200. Basically, everything we had on scalpers' tickets that ended up being fake. I'm like a tornado of anger swirling about. My heart rate is dangerously high right now. Oh, that's how we felt. It was so, so uh, deceiving. So. Uh, we felt like shitheads. Let's be honest. It felt terrible. Uh, we even like look at the tickets later. Like the barcode was all the way to the left, like squeezed in. Like uh, we we were thinking with our hearts more than we were thinking with our brains. Um, there was a police officer inside MSG. He he even looked at our tickets. He's like, "You guys are freaking idiots." And we're like, "We know." Like not the exact response you want to. Uh, you want from an officer basically we thought we were gonna give him the ticket he'd be like maybe he's gonna give us the benefit of the doubt try and get us tickets again thinking with our hearts not our brains so we had no money both of our phones were about to die we had no chargers uh we're starving but again we have no money and all the bars are booked in new york city because they're all irish bars and conor mcgregor's fighting at madison square garden and it's November 12th, though, so it's 15 degrees outside with a wind chill of negative 27. And uh, basically, we just we, we gutted it out. We were in uh, New York City in the cold, uh, hanging out with homeless people all night until um, one of our parents, I think it was his mother, picked him up. And uh, basically an all-around shitty night, went back to his buddy's house, watched the fight. Uh, we weren't there. It sucked. And I don't want to talk about it anymore. This was this segment's, uh, what was it? This segment uh, of story time. See, I can't even get it out. I'm so frustrated. So we got into McGregor's shenanigans, uh, Motley Crue facing a very bad lawsuit. Um, 
Let's talk about the Yankees because opening day is tomorrow. I mean, it's March 28th. Spring training started in mid-February, which is ridiculous. Like, I've said it before. It should be – it used to be in, like, the first week in March. Opening day was first week in April. Now we're getting baseball, East Coast baseball at the end of March. I mean, there's still snow on the ground, I believe. So it'll be interesting. They're playing the Orioles' worst team in baseball. Should be a cakewalk, hopefully. Everybody's healthy for the most uh, – I spoke too soon on that one. Aaron Hicks, not healthy. Luis Severino, not healthy. CeCe Sabathia, not healthy. But we do have Judge. We do have Stanton. Hopefully a healthy and ready-to-go Gary Sanchez behind the dish. Luke Voigt and Greg Bird both making the opening day roster. Um, Tyler Wade option to AAA. Clint Frazier option to AAA. And I don't even know who the hell this guy is making the MLB roster. We just traded for him like nearly five days ago. Mike Talkman. So Talkman's the fourth outfielder. It's Talkman, Judge, Stanton, and Gardner. So that that's interesting. I don't really know much about this guy. is going to be a platoon uh, guy. Troy Tulowitzki. Um, he's going to be awesome. Uh, I could see 25 home runs. They're going to catch lightning in a bottle. Had four home runs in the spring. Hit one the other day in D.C. Totally confident about my boy Troy Tulowitzki. Hip, hip, too low. And I think that uh, Miguel Andahar is going to have a breakout year. I think Miguel Andahar is going to have an MVP-type season. I think Glaber Torres will have a, another good season as well. I really hope Giancarlo Stanton... Um, Brings his A game. I thought he did great last year. Got a lot of beef for what happened in the playoffs, especially in that last at bat, looking like uh, John Hedder in the bench warmers, basically when he was up at at the plate against Craig Kimbrell. So hopefully he's back in full force. You know what you're getting from Judge if he's on the field. He's a monster. Um, and of course, James Paxton making his first start Saturday. Tanaka getting the opening day nod, which reminds me, congrats to uh, Johnny Kiska winning our first ticket. What was it? Tick pick. Got to emphasize tick pick for winning the first tick pick contest. Uh, he's going to the Yankee game Saturday against the Orioles. Two free tickets. We'll have one every homestand for the remainder of the season. We'll also have it for other MLB events, Dodger games, Angel games, Red Sox games, whatever. Wherever the hell you want to go, basically. WrestleMania is coming in two weeks at MetLife Stadium. We got UFC events, AEW events. The list goes on and on. NBA, NFL, you name it. You want it, we'll sell it. Just answer a very, very simple trivia question. And get it right. Be the first one to get it right. That's how we're going to do this. And just DM our Instagram page or Twitter page in order for a chance to win those tickets. Uh, but back to the Yankees. Our opening day, you got the Orioles and the Tigers, I believe. That, that's 6-0 written all over it right there. I mean, it's baseball. You might go 4-2, and 3-3. and I could see that happening. It is what it is. But let's be honest, the first 10 games or so, I mean, is it too much to ask for to go 10-0? You got the Orioles for the first three at the stadium. You got the Tigers coming in for three right after that. You go to Baltimore for three after that. Those are two of the worst teams in baseball. And then, of course, you got you got to go to Houston. That's not easy. Uh, then you got the White Sox at home. 
that's two out of three. They're not really ready yet. And they came away big-time losers in the offseason. They thought they were going to get a big guy. They didn't. They end up with Manny Machado's cousin and his brother-in-law. Um, the Red Sox come in for two. The Royals come in for th- uh, four. Four games against the Royals. They ain't, they ain't doing – and they they lost a hundred and like 103 games last year. Then you then you go to Anaheim for four. You go to San Fran for three. Then you go to the Diamondbacks, who are going to be god awful. I mean, the real threats in that first month are the Astros for three and the Red Sox for two. The rest are last place teams. You got the Twins. You got the Mariners. The Rays. The Orioles. The Rays again. Orioles again. Royals again. Padres for three. And then the Red Sox for three at the end of May. May's a cakewalk. Going to June to 2019, you got, of course, the Red Sox for three. No joke there. Blue Jays for three. They always find a way to beat the Yankees somehow. It's disgusting. Indians for three. Not easy in Cleveland. Two against the Mets. They're going to be tough. Just re-signed DeGrom to that huge deal. And a lot of people are really upset about that deal. Michael Kay had a very, very discreet talk with one of his callers today on the Michael Kay Show. We'll get to that in a bit because that was very entertaining. Michael Kay not holding anything back. Going full mad dog Chris Russo on the guy. Absolutely hilarious. The Yankees got the Mets for two at home in June, four at the White Sox, easy, three against the Rays at home. Rays, they're underrated. I mean, they're not playoff bound, but they're underrated, and they could definitely be that wild card team that's going to eliminate someone from the playoffs in September. Astros for four, Blue Jays for three. You go to Fenway at the end of June, and July, July is where it picks up, so you got... The Sox, the Mets, the Rays before the All-Star break. Right after the All-Star break, a huge homestand against the Jays, Rays, and Rockies. And then you go on a a road trip against Minnesota for three, Boston for four. You host the Diamondbacks. August gets easy again. You got the Orioles. You got the Jays. You got the Orioles again. You got the A's. You got the Mariners. You got the A's again. A lot of A's and Mariners in the month of August. But then again, you got the Dodgers for three at Chavez Ravine in L.A. Again, you could win two out of three. Dodgers, I think, are very overrated. I think they got hot at the end of the year last year and basically beat up on a bunch of inexperienced teams in the playoffs until they ran into the Red Sox. You got the Rangers. You got the Red Sox, Tigers. You got the Red Sox twice in September. Angels and Blue Jays at home. You end the season... Against the Texas Rangers in Texas, which is kind of weird. But the season's actually going to end in September this year, which hasn't happened in forever. So we might actually see a World Series end in October. So that's a good thing for baseball. Um, that's the Yankees' schedule. I They could easily be a 105-win team if they really wanted to. Let's be honest. If everything's clicking, Severino wins at least 15. Paxton wins 10. Stanton and Judge each hit 50 home runs. Sanchez hits 35 of his own. Hicks hits 30. Uh, I can't really speak for Voight or Bird. Don't really know what to expect from them. Both had awesome springs. Again, don't expect a full season from Luke Voight of what he had last year. Greg Bird has always let everybody down, so I really don't know about that one. Uh, Troy Tulowitzki is going to be a decent 
um, replacement for Didi until he gets hurt. I don't think he'll stay healthy the entire year. I think he'll have a great start. I do think he'll get hurt come June or July. Didi comes back in, say, August, September, ready for the postseason run. Hopefully he's ready to go by that time. And Har, like I said, MVP-type season. I'm expecting big things from him. Glaber Torres. Glaber Torres had a nice rookie campaign last year. Slowed down towards the end, but still a very good bat in that lineup. Has a lot of Javi Baez in him, defensively and offensively. Uh, then, of course, you got Gardy. Again, just a leader in that clubhouse. I really don't expect anything from him. I, I really don't. He had 25 home runs in 2017. He hit like 10 last year. Um, Ellsbury, you can kiss my ass. You just made the list. Oh. I'm quite honestly shocked Clint Frazier's not getting getting at least a shot to play. Uh, I don't know who this Rocky guy is, to be honest. And nobody really gave him, like, great views. Like, oh, yeah, he had great BP hitting the ball the other way. Whatever. I thought Clint Frazier should have at least had a shot to compete against Brett Gardner for the starting left fielder's position. But that's just me. But again, tickets uh, being given away by the Osho and TickPick here on this podcast. We'll have trivia questions on the show, have listeners call in. We'll also have those giveaways on our Instagram page so you can DM us the correct answers to our questions in order to receive two free tickets to a selected home game, every home uh, stand that they have over the course of the next seven months. So that being said, I want to get to this Michael K segment because it was insanely entertaining. The guy lost his mind on this caller regarding Jacob deGrom's extension. Now, Jacob deGrom is un- was under control for at least two more years. So he had this year, 2019 and 2020, he would have been a free agent in the 2020-2021 offseason. Um, so the Mets had two more years to lock him up. I mean, the argument was why not wait until after this year to see what DeGrom does after having a great year last year. Because remember, DeGrom had a great rookie year and then had a few decent years, then had the Cy Young year that he had last year. So not why not wait to see what he does this year to make sure you know what you're getting? Because you wanted to offer an extension to Matt Harvey, and you saw what happened to him. Was the face of the Mets franchise for about th- two or three years there, and now he's sitting on the Angels bench with a broken butt. So... Jacob DeGrom, obviously a great year. Franchise met. Should have gotten the money. But if he has a bad year this year, the Mets will think to themselves and uh, Van Wagenen will think to himself, what, 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 what would have happened if I waited one year? So here's Michael Kay's argument. Because if the Mets wait one year and he is awesome again, then definitely sign him to the contract. If he's not as great, well, maybe you got to think about uh, trying to work something out for less money or just let him walk. But here's Michael K losing it on a caller here this afternoon over the Jacob DeGrom contract extension. The interview was so good with Clappish and um, I forget the other man's so name. Sorry, sorry. So, so I, um, I'm a huge Mets fan, but I bought the book. It arrived today. Oh, cool. The interview was great. And um, I've been a fan of this show for a very long time. I've been a fan of Peter on Highline 7 before he was on the show. So I'm coming, from, I'm coming from a place of just, uh, you know, love. But you guys couldn't be any more wrong. I love Michael, it. Michael, you told me, well, you told the whole 
listening audience, that you wouldn't even sign DeGrom if he was 26. That's essentially saying that you have an organizational policy against re-signing any player before free agency. No, 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 no. Two no, years not, before Two free years before, yes. A pitcher, I would never sign two years I mean, before free agency. Gonna, if you're not going to sign him, at, at one point the team, the question was, how would we ever sign Harvey Matz, DeGrom, Wheeler, and Syndergaard? Because they were all looked like they were on a trajectory for stardom. Now, it looks like you've only got one, which is DeGrom. And Harvey, uh, excuse me, uh, Syndergaard is you know, a little bit less of a tier. You're not going to pay them. You're not going to. No, 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 no next You're year. missing the point. Let me. Let me. Ask, uh, uh, no, I want to. I want to talk with you. People said they should have signed Harvey too. How would that have worked out? So they, they dodged a bullet. Number two, I'm all for keeping DeGrom. He should be a career Met. Wait till at the end of this year. He still has another year after this that they controlled him. Why are you Why are you rushing to this extension yeah. now? Well, what was because he going to do next year? Why would you want to have so many players over overplaying their salary and not show them that you want to keep them But show them, them the they're fold. getting paid, Jonathan. Yeah. Jonathan, he's gonna, he would get paid more in arbitration next so, year so, than he's so getting in this contract. So let me ask you a question. What would you do if Conforto, Dominic Smith, Alonzo, Wheeler, if they all have great years, you would let all those no, players... No, Jonathan, you Jonathan, if you listen to the show, I have a different rule of thumb for pitchers, especially well, older pitchers. Kyle Hendricks just signed a, a deal. I get it. And you know what? A lot cheaper than Jake. Jacob DeGrom. Because he's not as good. I understand, but he's making, he's making a third of what he makes. So, well, no, he's not. He's ma DeGrom's making like, what, 20, 27 and a half. 27 and, 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 and he's making like 15, so that's not a third. Well, it's like four years, 50 million. 50, 50 so, but, but, so, so, so would you let but, but, every but, player hit free agency? No, 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 because you want to show other show, players. Show what? You don't I'm have to show you, anybody I'm anything. You. I'm going to tell you. Because you don't just sign players in a vacuum, right? Like when you sign a player for a certain oh. amount of money, that money is now used up. You can't sign. When other players and other teams and other GMs and other, they all see how things go. You can't just. Not with right. In fact, that's worse, though. That's worse. You're setting the bar now that everyone needs but, to get paid early. But, but you know what? The, the, the Astros didn't give Verlander the contract after they won the World Series. They waited a year. Sale, they waited a year. He wins the World Series. They gave him a contract a year before he became a free agent. Jonathan, we want to re-sign DeGrom. We Mike, want DeGrom to be on this team forever. Why did it have to be now well, and not next question. year? I know. I, I, I'm going to make a statement. I know he's not on the same level as a player, clearly, but Mike Trout had two years left. Would you have waited until next year? Jonathan, you're not Goodbye. If you're not going to listen, then take a walk. I said there's different rules for pitchers and for position players. He's so Are you all that dense? And just so everybody knows, do not call into the Michael K. Show with Michael K., Peter Rosenberg, and Don LaGreca without doing your homework. Because this guy did not do his freaking homework. Uh, Jacob, like he was saying, Jacob DeGrom signing his extension. He deserved the money after the year he had last year. But why, why not wait another year to see how this year pans out? Um, and obviously it's different for position players. You're going to sign Mike Trout to that extension, best player in baseball. But position players play every day. Pitchers don't play every day. And pitchers definitely have the more wear and tear on their arms. They have the more, um, more chance of getting hurt. DeGrom, again, only had one phenomenal year. He had a great rookie year, had a few decent years, nothing special before last year. He had the lowest ERA, had no run support. 
won the Cy Young with a losing record. But again, what if he doesn't shine this year? What if he's not what he was last year? You saw it with Harvey. You saw it with Syndergaard. Syndergaard, still a great pitcher, can't stay healthy, and he's not quite the ace he was a few years back. So what if DeGrom doesn't pan out? A lot of these moves the Mets made in the offseason might not pan out. Robinson Cano might not pan out. I think uh, Diaz will pan out. Edwin Diaz, I think, will be a good uh, back end of the uh, bullpen guy, closer probably for the Mets. Um, Wilson Ramos, not really, it's not a bad move there. You're not going to, if he gets hurt, whatever, he's on contract for two years. But DeGrom, five years, 140, 137 million, it's a risk. And Michael Kay obviously thinks it's a risk. Johnny from West Orange, New Jersey does not think it's a risk. Um... But it's whatever. Uh, that'll uh, do it for this episode of the Osho Podcast. Remember, presented by Belly Up Sports. Now, be bold, stand out. Ticket giveaways every week, every homestand for the Yankees. Uh, we'll give away tickets for uh, select MLB games, whether it's the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Angels. We'll do some Mets tickets, some Cubs tickets, wherever the hell you guys are from. Who's ever listening to this show, really? You tell us what you want. We'll sell it to you with TickPick. Again, I emphasize the T in TickPick. Osho Podcast. And Hootie and the Blowfish is back this year. Uh, I Go Blind, our official theme music for the Osho Podcast. We'll sell that when, that when that comes out. They're in L.A. over the summer. They're in New York and Madison Square Garden. We'll sell tickets for Hootie and the Blowfish with Bare Naked Ladies. So a lot of giveaways this year. We're, that's what we do here on this podcast. We give. We're givers. We don't take. We give. We give you takes. We give you tickets. And depending on how you look at it, we give you 40 minutes of nonsense that you may never check out. Hit it, Hootie. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube